We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're going to revisit the Dow Theory and see what it's saying about the future direction of stocks. The Dow Theory has been for quite some time and still is bearish. Now, we've seen a big rally within a bear market, but don't get too excited because we're likely going to retest the lows that were posted in late September. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. Okay, before we get started, I want you to jot down two levels that we're going to talk about throughout this podcast. The first level is the Dow Industrials Low, 28,725.51. And then the second level to jot down here is Dow Transports Low, 11,999.40. We're going to be talking about those two levels throughout this podcast, so it's just good to get them on paper. All right, let's bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. His book is Winning with the Dow's Losers, and you got to check out his website, UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. Thanks for having me, Andy. It's great to be back. Like I said in the lead, uh, the Dow theory is still bearish, but we've seen the market pop uh, to the upside in a big way as of late. So I wanted to start there, uh, Chuck. Set the Dow theory table for us. Uh, Where have we been and where are we headed? The primary trend of the market is bearish under the Dow theory, and it's bearish because the last major signal under the Dow theory was a reconfirmation of the bearish trend, and that occurred when you had new lows occur in both the Dow Jones Transportation Average and the Dow Jones Industrial Average in late September. That low in the Dow Industrials was on September 30, and that level was 28,725.51. That's 28,725.51 on September 30th. So that is an important level for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, for the Dow Jones Transportation Average. That level, the important level, is their September low, which happened on September 26th. And that level is 11,999.40. That's 11,999.40. And why those points matter is that those are the, the, the points that were reached on the last major downward move that eclipsed previous low points 
and reconfirm the bearish trend under the Dow theory. So is a pretty vigorous rally within a bear market uh, that we have seen in both the Dow Jones Industrial and Dow Jones Transportation Average. Now, these rallies within bear markets typically take anywhere from about three weeks to three months. That's tip the typical duration of such rallies. Since we bottomed out at the end of, of September, you're probably, you know, we're almost a month and a half to two months into this rally, and it could be something that continues for the remainder of the year. That would be typical duration for a rally within a bear market. But at some point here, we still expect those September lows to get tested by both the Dow Industrials and Transports by by seeing both of those indices pull back here. As as the market has been moving off those lows, I've gotten a, a number of emails. Hey, aren't we ready? Aren't we ready? We've we've really come up, you know, thousands and thousands of points. I mean, aren't we ready? Aren't we ready? Well, what makes you think we're going to retest those those lows? Yeah, well, the, the 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 fact of the matter is we might not. I mean, it's, you know, what I'm talking about from a Dow theory perspective is traditionally what happens on in in markets based on the Dow theory, but you know, and and the Dow theory has a pretty good track record, uh, and so we kind of pay attention to it and, and use it. But you know, the the tricky part of things is that you know the first move upward in a new bull market usually starts as a rally with <laughs> within a within a bear market. So you know, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, if if in fact the you know both the Dow Jones Industrial and the Dow Jones Transportation averages, you know, both just continue to move higher and ultimately go to all-time highs, then then you have to kind of say, boy, the, the trend has to be bullish if you have new all-time highs in both of those indices. And, for you know, we never really got what I thought would be a legitimate retest. But, uh, you know, and, and that could happen. Um, but at least from our vantage point, probability says that we still need some reasonable retest of those of those previous lows to really give you confidence uh, that the market has started a sustained upward move. So, uh, again, you know, investing, Andy, as we've talked about, you know, it's 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 about probabilities as much as anything. And you know, the probabilities, at least from my experience, would indicate that um, we haven't had enough of a retest of those September lows. And and the other thing I'll point out, it's you know, most people will think, gosh, I, you know, this is a big rally, and those September lows now look pretty distant. Well. You know, you only need to go back to uh, uh, August, for example. Mid-August, you had the Dow Jones transportation average reached all the way up to 15,209, which is almost 1,000 points higher than it is right now. And it promptly went in August 16th at 15,209. And a little over a month later, it had fallen 3,000 points. So, you know, when when these retests do occur, they, they, you know, they can occur and they can peel off points pretty aggressively in a fairly short period of time. So, yeah, yeah and it speaks uh, to the industrials. I just happened to have that day queued up too because I was kind of watching that uh, as we were working through that. Uh, the Dow Industrial Average on the same day, you're looking around the 16th of uh, correct. Uh, correct. Okay, the Dow Industrial Average was 34,152 there, and and and, yeah. and and so it went and and it peeled. Off of that, and went back down to you know the the low that we're watching now, twelve thousand seven twenty five. So I mean, points added on, points taken off, 
that's kind of the behavior of markets that we often see in these conditions. Yeah, I mean, and the Dow would fall over 5,000 points in a little over a month's time uh, to to make that new low on September 30th at 28,725. So, uh, you know, a- again, uh, there's nothing that says, you know, we have to see uh, uh, any retest, and maybe it is onward and upward from here. Um, but again, you know, we're playing probabilities and in our mind, you have to have some retest. Now, you know, the, the flip side of that argument is that, you know, we could be wrong. And one of the reasons why we are not all or nothing market timers is because of that. It's, it's you know, okay, this is what we think is going to happen. But we also acknowledge that uh, predicting the future <laughs> is a pretty dicey thing. Yeah, no and kidding, so, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, what we try to do is kind of make sure that we have uh, our bases covered in the sense that, you don't want to make that huge mistake that just deep six your entire portfolio for a long, long time. And, and so when we make adjustments based on the Dow theory, it's typically is around the margins. And so right now, for example, despite the fact that the Dow theory is on a, a, a bearish signal, you know, in an account where we can be 100% invested in stocks for an individual, we're probably somewhere around 75 to 80%. So, you know, we're not, 10%. And, and one of the reasons for that is, you know, successfully calling market turns and successfully market timing over time. And that part's very important. You might get lucky a time or two, but to consistently do it time and time again over time, it's it's very, very difficult to do. So we don't want to make a decision that can really put the portfolio in harm's way for multi-years and instead try to, to dance around the edges a little bit using the Dow theory to kind of guide us to raise some cash and have that cash available to put in the stocks on market declines. What what establishes the upper range? The Dow theory has been really accurate once things went bearish and, and, and the markets moved down and we've been getting indications. But at some point, this thing is going to bottom. I, I mean, what do you look for? How long does it take before you establish an upper range? So, you know, just again, just to recap, the Dow theory, we don't have upper ranges to test yet. Uh, there hasn't been enough time put in. So that's why the only two levels that that we have in the books that we're watching is those floors, the Dow Industrials, 28,000, 725.51, and the Dow transports, as you mentioned, eleven thousand nine 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 point four zero. You won't know the upper levels until until you have a retest, and and because once you have a retest, that will have established the high points during this rally, and then those become the key points um, if you have a legitimate retest. And what's a legitimate retest? That that is, you know, that's one of those things where you know if if the market retraces one third to two thirds of the rally. So, you know, if, if you get a, a retest and the, let's say, for example, the, the market peaked today and started to come down tomorrow and then came down to, say, around 32,000, um, you know, that would be retracing about one third of, the, of this decline. You know, that would be a, a reasonable retest. So if the market came down to, say, 32,000, um, the 32,000 level, 31, 32,000 level, and then went back up and went above the high that was established, say, today, that would be a change in the trend from bearish to bullish under the Dow theory. And you would need to see that not just on the Dow Industrials or the Dow Transport. So that that's what makes, you know, you kind of establish those important high points after the fact. 
on the, on the next retest because it's basically the definition of the Dow theory turning from bearish to bullish is a, a market rallying. You have a bear market rally. Those points are established at the peak of the rally. Then you have a retest of the lows. And if the lows hold at least by one of the indices, and then both indices rally back up and go above those recent rally highs, that's a change in the trend from bearish to bullish. Now, where most people kind of come in with a criticism of the Dow theory, it's like, well, great, you just told us the market turned bullish after it's already up 19% or 18% from its low. Um, and the answer is yes. And you know, one of the things you need to understand about the Dow theory is that it is not a tool that is going to get you out at the exact top, and it's not going to get you in at the exact bottom. But what it will do typically is avoid you getting so whiplashed by market short-term market moves that you're in and out and in and out and you don't know what you're doing. And it typically gets you in on market moves that are sustainable, that are multi-year moves. And so while you may miss the, the, the bottom 10% and you may get out after the markets come down 10%, you know, you're going to capture a big, broad 80% of the next market move using the Dow theory. And one last point the reason the Dow theory, I think, is effective is because it requires this series of confirmations to occur in order to give you confidence in the, the, the change in the trend from bearish to bullish or bullish to bearish. So, it, it you know, it, it, what is viewed as one of its weak points, I think, is one of its strong points because, again, it requires a lot of things to happen to before it's willing to tell you, okay, there's an all-clear sign in the market. And, and I think that's one of the reasons it has stood the test of time and why our firm has been using it um, since our, our newsletters were founded in 1946. Well, and I think that's an important part of being an investor, to realize that you're not smarter than every other player on Wall Street. And then the other thing is, throughout the long haul, you're not going to be able to pick tops and bottoms consistently over the, the, the entire lifespan of your investing career. And if you come to terms with those two things early on, I think it's key. Don't you, what were your thoughts on that? No, I think, I think that's absolutely right. At the end of the day, the biggest, the biggest asset you have as an investor is how well you exploit the, the power of time and the power of compounding and, and incorporate those into uh, into an investment program. I mean, history has shown stocks trend higher over time. I mean, since 1926, stocks on average have gone up three out of every four years. And if you extend that out to five-year rolling periods in the market since 1926, that, that percentage probably jumps up to about 87%. If you extend it out to 10-year rolling periods in the market, you're going to get well into the 90s, and there hasn't been a 20-year rolling period in the stock market that you wouldn't have made money. So, so you know, that's the overriding factor that investors need to think about is that, you know, long-term wins the race here, and you don't want to screw that up by trying to outsmart yourself on the short term. Now, does that mean you don't, you know, you, you can't make changes to a portfolio, that you can make adjustments um, based on, on, on the market trend, certainly, but, but don't bet the farm on it because, you know, you may get it right this time, but if, if, you know, it's like going to Vegas the first time you might win, but if you think you're going to win every time you do that, you're, you're sorely mistaken. And, and, and that's kind of in essence, what, what we're preaching here is, you know, make sure that you're playing 
that you're on the right side of the, the, the best odds of the house. And the best odds of the house say over time, compounding and, and, and time are going to take care of a portfolio for you if you don't screw it up and then make adjustments at the margins based on what's going on in the market at a particular point in time. All right. And that's great advice, especially for everybody out there. You got to have a portfolio that you're building your long-term wealth. Now for you degenerates like me, uh, we're going to hit Chuck up for some other ideas on the other side of the break. But, hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I-, I say it a million times. That's podcast gold. Would totally appreciate the uh, solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back with Chuck after the break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. And then, as as I always mention, great website, UpsideStocks.com. We're going to hit Chuck up for a, a couple UpsideStocks.com picks. But as we were going in the break, we were talking about the setup. Um, now, us degenerates, we want to get a little more aggressive than just building wealth. And, and 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 I've gotten a lot of emails from the gains uh, listeners about that are just they've they've kind of followed this advice. They've had money on the sidelines. They've dollar cost average into certain things. They're ready to go, but they're hankering to to get back in the market. They want you know they want to catch this thing before it takes off again. And what's your advice for those? And how do you? When when you're coming off the bottom with using the Dow theory, how does that um, uh, tie into all this as well? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, there's there's always opportunities to to upgrade your portfolio. So you know, whether it's you know the, 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 whether it's quote a bear market or quote a bull market, I mean, it is still ultimately a market of over 4,000 publicly traded stocks. And, and, you know, there are opportunities out there that are going to happen every day. I would not necessarily not buy a stock that you really, really like just because the primary trend is bearish or bullish. I think, you know, the the best way to kind of use that terminology of a bear market or bull market is, is just trying to assess probability, you know, what are the chances you might be able to get something a little bit cheaper by waiting. Um, but, you know, there's there's opportunity costs associated with that. So, you know, my my suggestion would be, I mean, if you if you're somebody who does their homework, 
with an emphasis on doing your homework and not just buying something because it's down a lot from where it traded before, but a company that, that you think, you know, has a lot of things going for it and it's now at a price that's gotten worked over pretty good and you think it's offering a good value, start buying it. Maybe you don't buy, you know, if, if, if you wanted to get 300 shares in your portfolio, maybe you start out and you buy 100. And then, as you said, Dan, you kind of dollar cost your way into it. But, you know, put put a put a stake in the ground and, and, and put, put some money to work in those stocks, maybe not in the volume that you would normally do um, if it were, say, a bull market. But, you know, this is when you actually do start to need to kind of put some money to work during these during these sorts of markets. And just as an aside, um, you'll, you'll probably be early. Um, just so you know, going in, you're probably going to buy something and you're going to feel like an idiot because it goes down. But, uh, you know, again, uh, you, you might feel like an idiot for three to six months, but if it's quality stuff, it's at a decent price, and you have an investment time horizon that's five or ten years at a minimum, you'll do you'll do fine with it as long as it's good quality stuff. So, you know, that's a long-winded way of answering the question. What to do is, is if you find something you like, go buy it. Um, maybe you don't buy it in the full full amount that you would, but uh, uh, just because it's a bear market doesn't necessarily say you shouldn't be buying stocks. Especially, you know, and again, this gets back to kind of calibrating it for each individual, especially, I mean, if you're somebody sitting there and you've got, you know, 90% of your money in cash, um, yeah, you need to do something. Um, it, you know, on, on conversely, if you're somebody who's already got 90% of their money in stocks and they're sitting there with 10% of their cash. Well, you probably have the luxury to, 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 to kind of see, you know, get greedy and see if you can get stuff a little bit cheaper. So, so the individual situation really is important in answering that question in terms of how much cash are they sitting on right now? A lot of the, the gains listeners, if they've followed the podcast, they're, they're probably sitting on some dry powder because we've, we've talked about lightening the load and uh, we've we've talked about the Dow theory now for a year. It's pretty much guided us down. We're able to, you know, kind of cash in on some good stuff. We even were able to play the energy trade a little bit. You know, the next step is how to play this bottom that's coming. If it's not here right now and you end up getting in a little early, how I, I just think that when you have opportunities like this, you could really have a setup three, five, seven years down the road. Like, Wow. Boy, did we make well, here, a, a ton! So, uh, kind yeah, of speak to that. I think, yeah, okay. And and here's 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 what I think I would, you know, broadening out your question to how, okay, how should I maximize the bounce that is going to happen here at some point or the sustained move? One of the areas that I think is 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 has been underappreciated and undervalued here that I think um, is going to start to perform a, a lot better, at least as well as large caps or small and mid cap stocks. Um, especially smaller stocks. I think that is an area that will see a sustained improvement if you have a sustained rally in the market. Um, I think the other thing you want to make sure of is that you have at least some of your funds sp- spread across uh, the, the major indices so you don't miss the rebound by picking a few stocks that turn out to not respond very well to the market rebound. In other words, Oh, right. You miss, You'd you feel really bad if that happens too. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to miss, you don't want to miss a move. Um, and, and, and the best way to kind of capture a move in a broad sense is to make sure you have at least some of your money indexed to the various market segments. And I'm not suggesting you have to put all of it. I know, I know, you know, index investing isn't the most 
entertaining way to invest, but it has teeth, especially when you're trying to catch, uh, you know, to make sure that you're going to you're going to maximize a rebound or, or make sure you have money that's exposed to the rebound. Because again, the last thing you want to you want to do is like make a good call. Okay, this market's ready to rebound. I'm going to go out and you buy five stocks and they all stink, and everything else is going up. So so I'm not saying don't buy the five stocks. What I'm saying is make sure that you also have your basis covered in a broader sense to make sure that at least you have a good chunk of your money capturing the rebound. And then hopefully the individual stocks that you, you do own are also, you know, accelerating things to the upside. You know, think of it any kind of like, and I use this analogy and it's, it's not mine, but it works pretty well as this whole notion of kind of a hub and spoke. You look at a tire, you know, rim, and you've got the hub, which is kind of the ballast of the portfolio which is, you know, in, in this case would be making sure that you have various segments covered with index funds. And then the spokes are really the individual stocks that you're trying to use to generate alpha in your portfolio by picking those stocks. Um, and, and and hopefully you pick ones that, that, that accelerate the rebound. But you've got to make sure at least you have some coverage in a broad market sense because you don't want to miss the rebound by playing a few individual crazy stocks. And that's also why you're not an all-or-nothing shop as well, because there are scenarios where people don't get back in, even after they make the right move in the market, you know, moves to the downside. They're so tentative to get back in that they miss out, and it's then a lot of times they would have been better off if they just would have held their their uh, nose and just kept their positions all along, so you, yeah, you. Most of the time, you probably are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're, it, and again, this goes back to the individual situation, their investment time horizon, and so forth. But yeah, I mean, if you're somebody, you know, like your 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 listeners out there, and you know, I mean, if somebody sitting there is 35 years old and they've got 30 to 40 year investment time horizons, I mean, you know, it, what I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but it's almost irrelevant what the market does over the next six months. Um, it, it's not irrelevant if you screw it up and you start trying to dance in and out and micro time and do crazy stuff with your mark, your money and put it into the craziest, riskiest investments. And um, you're much better off just kind of gritting your teeth and, 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 you know, and riding it out, maybe making some changes at the margin to give you some money to go do buying during market declines. Um, now, you know, that that's different than somebody who might be 70 years old um, that probably should have their investment portfolio allocated differently to begin with, but they don't have a 30 investment time horizon. So, so the volatility matters more to them and they probably have to adjust for that. So, you know, it, it's, um, it's not one size fits all for everybody, uh, for sure. But the one factor is, you know, the longer your investment time horizon, the more geared you should be to equities and the less you should worry about trying to micro-time your way in and out to reduce the pain, the short-term pain. When you see the Dow theory eventually uh, bottom out and start heading higher and you get the all-clear sign, are there certain sectors of the market that perform uh, better, you know, coming out of that? Or does it vary? Yeah, it does. It varies. I mean, if you you know, I go back and this market in some respects reminds me a bit of the 1999 to kind of 2003 market. And it, coming out of there, it was a real kind of a value market that really took off for the next few years. And it was really kind of the last time value did much of anything, quite frankly. But you had, you know, small small cap stocks, 
value stocks really did well. Other stocks did well also, um, which is why, again, I would caution against trying to get too granular in overweighting certain areas of the market or certain sectors of the market. Because you, again, you don't want to miss the move, and if you're if you're getting to trying to be too precise, that increases your chances of missing the move. But I think here, you know, if I had to play some bets, I think it is probably going to be uh, uh, tilted toward value and tilted toward to to smaller cap and mid cap stocks as we roll out of this. Um, I think those are areas that investors are probably going to be. Um, leaning to that doesn't mean I would I'm totally ignoring growth stocks, but I think again this this has the feel to me of kind of that 2000 2003, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners have no experience in. Given, given, but you know this this lines up in my mind pretty similar to that market, and in that market, you you definitely wanted to own value. You definitely wanted to own small cap stocks as it rolled as it rolled up. As I mentioned several times throughout this podcast, Chuck's firm has uh, their website, UpsideStocks.com. You got to check it out. It's a great website, and it brings a lot of stocks that we wouldn't normally wouldn't normally show up on a lot of people's radars to the forefront. And uh, you know, we asked Chuck for a couple uh, picks from the UpsideStocks.com list. So, what do you what do you got for us, Chuck? Yeah, the first stock I'll mention is a company called First Cash Holdings. The symbol is FCFS, so that's Frank Charlie, Frank Sam. First Cash Holdings trades for about $96 a share. Uh, This is a company that's involved in the financial services, credit services industry. Um, It's a little bit more lower tech in the sense that they operate pawn shops. Now, someone may go, pawn shops, that sounds like a crappy business. Well, the fact of the matter is, if we are moving into a recession, that's kind of a market that, that these sorts of companies usually do pretty well in uh, in, in recessionary environments. So, this company, their earnings uh, have been on a nice trajectory. They're going to grow their profits in 2023. Looks like around 20%. Uh, Revenue is going to be up almost double digits. Company has beaten earnings estimates in each of the last four quarters. And it is one of the few companies out there that actually has rising earnings estimate trends. So you've, you've got some nice momentum going. The setup for the company against the backdrop of a softening economy is a positive. And uh, it's kind of an interesting stock. The, the market cap is about $4 billion. So it's it's starting to slide into small to mid cap. Um, but it's a nice stock. And also, and it has a dividend yield of about 1.4%. So you get a little bit of a dividend return on the stock as well. That's first cash holdings. One of the the uh, stocks that have, that's that been recently talked about on upside is, uh, I'm just going to throw this one in there because I was going to ask you about oil and energy, is Ranger Oil, R-O-C-C-R-O, cat, cat. Uh, thoughts on, on Ranger Oil? Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting stock. It, it has done okay. It hasn't done as well as some of the other stocks in that space, although it's interesting, you have a stock in the energy sector that's up 50% over the last 52 weeks, and I'm calling it a bit of a laggard because there's actually stocks in the energy that have been up 80, 100, 125%. So, so this one has been a, a tad of, of a laggard. It was interesting, though, and, and I'm not sure if this makes it more attractive or, or less attractive, but there, there were some reports here in the last couple of days 
that the company is is considering putting itself up for sale. Um, you know whether that happens or not, and 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 it certainly is a reason, not a reason necessarily to go out and buy the stock, but there might be a speculative kicker in that particular uh, in that particular company right now. The stock did go up uh, over six percent today. Now it was a strong day in the market, but that six percent increase was well uh, was much greater than the overall pool in the market today. So I think you know there was there is some consideration that. Ranger Oil is is a, is a takeover candidate, but aside from that, you know we still like energy stocks. We still like the the momentum in that group. They have pulled back here a little bit, and there's been some concern that maybe the Saudis will start uh, cranking out more oil, which may lower prices. But uh, I still think that's an an area that investors should have in a portfolio. So Ranger Oil is a, albeit a speculative play in that group, but is one that investors should take a look at. It's ROCCs is the symbol and it trades for about $43 a share and you get a little bit of dividend, a little less than 1% dividend yield. Perfect for the gains listeners. <laughs> uh, and, and what else? I mean, so, so you do like energy and you kind of, you gave us kind of a recession play off the recession play there. Give us one other good, just juicy thing that uh, we should take a hard look at. One of the, one of the stocks that's that has really gotten um, worked over, um, is a company called Photronics, and the symbol is P as in Peter, L A B as in boy. Company named Photronics. It trades for about nineteen dollars a share. The high is is twenty five dollars a share, so it's down a bit from its fifty two week high. Company is in that area of the semiconductor equipment business. Um, they they do. Uh, photo masks, which are used in the manufacturing of integrated circuits. Um, Really good fundamentals. The the stock got worked over, as did most of the stocks in the semiconductor area. But that group has started to kind of form what looks maybe to be a pretty good bottom. And and so it's, you know, it's held up a little bit better than some of the other technology areas in the last few weeks because it had its Massive decline prior to that. Um, it's it's an interesting stock. It's it's pretty cheap. I mean, earnings are expected to be about two dollars a share in 2023. Stock trades for nineteen dollars. So I mean, you know, the PE ratio uh, based on 2023 earnings is somewhere a little less than ten. Um, so it, it's it's again speculative stock, pretty spicy group, but it's also one that is showing. A, a bit more life here and, uh, you know, one to take a look at. That's Photronics. Symbol is P-L-A-B. And again, trades for about $19 a share. I believe that might have been a noon business hour pick, a stock pick at some point as well. But uh, I think it probably was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, um, and unfortunately, probably at higher levels <laughs> given those stocks. You know, so it is, it's it's cheaper. It's, it's definitely cheaper now. But uh, Well, that space interesting is interesting. Yeah, it's it's an interesting yeah. space. Uh, you know, the one that I often watch in there that's pulled back a lot too. That I was actually thinking of dollar cost averaging into. Uh, there is a little geopolitical risk there as well as Taiwan Semiconductor uh, TSM. Uh, just real quick thoughts on that particular stock. Yeah, no, that's it's you know it's in a, it's in a group that's gotten worked over, but it certainly is a is a monster in that group. Uh, I think Warren Buffett uh, just had uh, his his uh, investors took a pretty good position, a new position in that stock here, I believe, um, 
fairly recently. So, I mean, it's 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 starting to draw some interest from a lot of different folks. And, you know, the, yeah, as you said, the big geopolitical risk, obviously, is, you know, China and, and China hanging over what, you know, are they eventually going to um, make a make a, a move on Taiwan? But, uh, you know, it's it's maybe the biggest fab company in the world in the semiconductor space. And, um, you know, when that sector comes back in earnest, this is a stock that will probably come back pretty strongly as well. And they use these chips for everything. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's I mean, that's you know, that that store, the long term story in that sector is is pretty solid. It's just, you know, they do have some cyclicality and you, and you do see some boom and bust periods that go through the, the chip sector. And, you know, we're in kind of those. Uh, not a bust, but we're in kind of those um, areas now where inventories are kind of built up and chip companies are, you know, the demand is slowing. And, and uh, but, but you know, there's no refuting the long term. I mean, they're in everything. I mean, they 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 are in everything. And it will uh, be in, you know, in even a lot of stuff that we don't even know. It hasn't oh, yeah. even been invented yet. <laughs> you know? I mean, they're going to be inside us, Andy, right. at some point. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so as we wrap up today's Gaines podcast, w- what's your takeaway from our conversation, uh, Chuck? Yeah, don't be afraid to go buy stocks if you like stocks you really like. I think small stocks have, have an interesting opportunity here. Um, I wouldn't get, uh, you know, I, I don't think we've gotten an all-clear sign to go you know, back up the truck in terms of stocks. And I still think that, uh, you know, patience will be rewarded as we see a retest of those September lows. So that's kind of how we're approaching the market. And that's how I would suggest your listeners approach it as well. All right. Big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. He's author of the book, Winning with the Dow's Losers. And you got to check out his website upsidestocks.com hey be sure to subscribe follow leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts, and as always subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops we are back next wednesday and i look forward to seeing you then on news radio we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.